You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, New Marching Orders. Having suffered a catastrophic defeat at Ai because of Achan's sin of theft of forbidden things, now that they have punished the offenders, God issues new orders. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you, and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. So first God addresses Joshua's feelings as he considers what they are to do. He tells him not to be afraid or discouraged, and these are normal responses to what has happened. It could reflect on him as their military leader, but the reason he shouldn't fear or be discouraged going forward is because God has a strategy for the conquest of this city. The first time they attempted to take Ai, they didn't even consult God. This time, he directs the battle. First, they are to take the whole army up, not just less than a tenth as in the first attempt. He has 30,000 soldiers in the main army, a decoy group and another detachment of 5,000 men to prevent Bethel, only a mile and a half away, from helping Ai. All in all, the army of Israel is about 40,000 strong, according to Joshua 4.13, while the entire population of Ai was only 12,000, according to Joshua 8.25. The fall of Jericho involved both the miraculous and the mundane military effort. This one would be purely military, but there would be no losses on Israel's side because the battle belonged to the Lord. God also allowed them to take any spoils of war this time. In contrast to Jericho, the first city taken. The outcome is certain. God tells him in advance that he has given it to Joshua. It is spoken in past tense because the victory is sure. And this is still true today. God's promises can be relied upon, yet his people must be faithful and obedient. When it is taken, Joshua is to treat the king and the people of Ai in the same way as they treated Jericho with the exception of the spoil. They are also to set an ambush behind the city. Verses 3 to 8, the battle plan. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack Ai. He chose 30,000 of his best fighting men and sent them out at night with these orders. Listen carefully. You are to set an ambush behind the city. Don't go very far from it. All of you be on the alert. I and all those with me will advance on the city, and when the men come out against us, as they did before, we will flee from them. They will pursue us until we have lured them away from the city, for they will say, They are running away from us as they did before. So when we flee from them, you are to rise up from ambush and take the city. The Lord your God will give it into your hand. When you have taken the city, set it on fire. Do what the Lord has commanded. See to it. You have my orders. 
Later, it says Joshua sent 5,000 soldiers to ambush Ai. Joshua 8.12 So the main group under Joshua would feign a retreat so the people of Ai would think it was real like the first time. The soldiers would be lured away from the city. Meanwhile, those in ambush behind the city would attack and burn it. And just as Joshua had been comforted by God and assured of victory, he tells the soldiers that God would surely deliver the city into their hand. So whether they are victorious or defeated, it is all due to their sovereign God. Uh, therefore, on the basis of this sure outcome, um, it, they are to be obedient to God's command and follow Joshua's orders. Verses 9 to 13, getting into position. Then Joshua sent them off, and they went to the place of ambush and lay in wait between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent that night with the people. Ai was a town west of the Jordan, located in the hills east of Bethel. Joshua would be part of the main attack force and would, in fact, lead it. Early the next morning, Joshua mustered his army, and he and the leaders of Israel marched before them to Ai. The entire force that was with the law is to be read publicly. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And in uh, Joshua 1.8, God told him, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And this was a rededication to the covenant with a new generation. God had been faithful to them. Now they were recommitting themselves to be faithful to him. Scarlet Threads so what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Because the sin of Achan had been dealt with, God gave Israel victory over Ai. Because our sin has been put away at the cross, we can live victorious lives. This gives us hope, because when we confess our sins, he will forgive us. Joshua didn't draw back his javelin until the battle was won. Once we put our hand to the plow, we mustn't turn back. Crucifixion in the mind of an Israelite showed contempt for the person and the curse of God. To see someone hanging between heaven and earth demonstrated that they were unworthy of both and had been abandoned by both man and God. And that was why the Jews wanted Jesus crucified. They despised him so much and wanted him humiliated. They didn't realize it was their shame he was bearing on the cross. If a person's body was hanged on a pole after death as a public example, it was to be removed by sundown and buried. Joshua followed the law, and after impaling the body of the king of Ai, he ordered for it to be taken down at sunset. Jesus died at 3 p.m., so Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate to ask for his body. When he received permission, he and Nicodemus took Jesus' body and buried it that evening. In Jesus' case, um, they didn't want his body left on the pole when they had an opportunity 
to take it down and bury it before sundown. A person hanged in such a way was accursed by God. If we are relying on keeping the law perfectly to find acceptance with God, we are under a curse if we fail to keep it fully. Paul said, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. So Jesus was cursed by God, so we would not be. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. So rather, instead of being cursed, we are blessed. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So to celebrate the second victory in the Promised Land, the Israelites stopped to have a religious ceremony. We will never suffer if we set spiritual priorities. The conquest generation praised God for his faithfulness in leading them and fighting for them, and they publicly renewed their covenant vows. Because we have been redeemed from slavery to sin, we need to worship God, rejoice, and be thankful. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we again recommit ourselves to his service. Everyone who was related to the household of the Israelites was to hear the word of God so that they might learn to fear him. We are to pass on this knowledge of God to the next generation. He wrote the word of God and then he read it. And both of these things were to be done by the future kings of Israel. If we do these things as well, it improves our retention of these truths. Regular public reading of scripture exposes people to parts of the Bible they may not read on their own. We need to hear the whole word of God, both blessings and curses. All of God's people need to hear all of God's word. To live by the promises of God, we must know the promises of God. At the ceremony, they offered burnt offerings, representing atonement for sin, and fellowship offerings, representing a renewed relationship with God and with each other. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember His atoning sacrifice, which brought us back into fellowship with God. We serve a God who forgives, restores, and renews. The company of people who were to listen to the word of God included foreigners who lived among them. And this showed that the conquest of Canaan was not about ethnic cleansing, because God was concerned that all peoples would worship him. This prefigured the gospel and the inclusion of the Gentiles with the people of God. The inclusion of Rahab's family and the exclusion of Achan's showed inclusion was related to faith and faithfulness more than ethnicity. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Joshua chapter 9. May God bless the study of his word.